If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk, and I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com, slash Todd Huff Show for those of you who want to listen to the program live or on demand, so long as our friends at Facebook allow that to be the case. Good to be here. Thank you for joining us. There are two things this morning. There are two things this morning that are really important for me to discuss. There are two things this morning that have, well, I don't want to say kept me up at night, but in a sense has kept me up at night as I'm realizing I dropped my connection here. To my um, how we play the sound bites. There we go. So, two things, and I've gone back and forth the order I want to talk about these. But I saw two shows on well, parts of shows last night. I don't, I don't spend a lot of time watching um, the television news or even other commentators for a couple of reasons. One of those reasons being. I don't want to be um, repeating or subconsciously even. It's um, something that's important to me that I tell you what I think instead of even, I guess, being influenced by someone, uh, someone else. I try to read the news or, you know, I, I read a lot is, is what how I normally – come across things. Occasionally I see television news, and of course I'm known to tune into CNN uh, for some good self-torture, but, or MSNBC for that matter, but I don't typically watch a lot of uh, things on Fox. I'll watch it. It's on right now. It's on the background every morning, the, the morning show, whatever, Fox and Friends, I guess. But as far as commentators go, I don't really watch or listen to a lot of it. And I, I actually saw two things last night. One was on Tucker Carlson that I hadn't – I think I'd seen stories on, but I actually saw an interview uh, with the founder of Barstool Sports, which I want to get to that because what he says is spot-on accurate. We need – Americans need to listen to what he said about this. Um, he went on a three-minute or so rant on Twitter. Um, I think is where he posted it. It was a tweet. So we'll we'll share that if you haven't seen it. It is um, 
you know, he lets the uh, the expletives fly there. So I didn't take the effort to edit all that stuff out this morning, uh, but it's definitely worth watching, and I will uh, share that with you here on Facebook in a bit. But the other thing was, I before I went to bed last night, I tuned in to watch a little bit of, of Laura Ingram, and I saw an interview. I saw an interview she had with a doctor um, on her program. This was a family um, a family practice doctor in, I think she's in Dallas. Her name is Dr. Yvette Lozano in, I'm pretty sure, Dallas is where she's, is where she's based. And the things that she was saying about trying to prescribe hydroxychloroquine to her clients is absolutely astonishing to me. It is astonishing to me. We have talked about on this program how everything is political. You know this. I know this. What you eat, what you drink, what you wear, what you drive – where you go to church, if you go to church, if you believe in God, if you don't believe in God. I mean, this, everything, everything has become political. In fact, I got a comment yesterday from someone, I haven't yet responded, but from someone who read one of my older um, pieces online, um, calling into question my assessment of saying that, you know, people who said that the phrase, so help me God, in a um, you know, when, when you take an oath, the some are saying that that is a religious test. And I, of course, said that that's ridiculous. He took me to task on that, saying that even Washington, uh, prior to his inauguration, which, by the way, Washington used that in his, in his um, swearing in in 1789. But, but he didn't want to use it for the uh, troops, I think, back during the revolution, I believe is what it was. I'd have to read the, the comments and so forth, but or the his explanation. But the point is, the point is, is that, um, you know, there is everything, everything is political, right? To where even, look, I don't care if someone doesn't want to say, so help me God, if that's a violation of their moral conscience, if they're atheists and don't believe this. But what I do care about is that this this no, notion that it's a religious test, right? And by the way, the story he was referencing, the story he was referencing included the person giving. So so the, the congressman who was actually saying, um, you know, giving them the oath or whatever is the one who dropped it, dropped it out. And so another congressman took issue with that. It wasn't it wasn't that someone wouldn't say, so help me God, and they said, say it, say it. That's that's ridiculous. Of course not. But some people want to say that. They want to say, I want people to know that I am coming up here fully acknowledging that I want you know God's help to maintain truth and veracity in what I'm about to tell you. This is a serious, solemn oath that I'm taking. Anyway, the point is, the point is that everything, political, right, Every everything has become political in our lives, and apparently that includes the taking of hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine, which this, I want you to hear what this doctor said. This should leave you stunned. 
this if this is true, folks, let me let me go on record as saying this. If what she is saying is true, this Dr. Lozano about the treatment of hydroxychloroquine, if it is, now this is a big if, because I don't know. And you got people out there, you got some trials, some of these trials have been stopped on hydroxychloroquine because it's too dangerous. And I as as I've said on here before, that doesn't jibe. There is something else going on here because that doesn't make any sense. This drug has been used since 1955. 1955. Safely. It is a very safe drug. Now, it may not work. I don't know. I'm not in that field. We're all basically dependent upon what they tell us about this drug. But you start to wonder. You start to see people cheering. I I really believe this. Cheering against its effectiveness because Trump was out there touting it. Trump's out there saying that it could work. Trump's out there trying to secure more of it. And this, of course, makes people think, heck no, we're not going to let this drug work. We can't let this drug work because if it works, we're going to have to give Trump credit. It is absolutely astonishing to me that this is the mindset of people. But if this drug is half as effective as this doctor says, Dr. Lozano, she said this last night. She's pra- she's practicing. She is seeing, I think she said she treated 15 COVID patients yesterday. 15. She says she's getting people from, she's in Dallas. She's getting people from San Antonio and Austin. She mentioned some other cities. That's not a, that's a, that's a trip, folks. That's not like going to the nearest doctor, you know, past your current doctor. That's going to a whole other city and a whole other part of Texas. Texas is a big state. And so she's getting people to come there. But if if this is right, if what I'm about to play for you is right, and I want to preface that by saying if, then hear me out. This is over. Let me say it again. If what she said is true, and if this drug is as effective as she says it is, this country's battle, the, the world's battle with COVID-19, unless the thing mutates to where it no longer is true, then we have a cure if this if what she's saying is true. And this is over. If what she says is true. And I'm going to play this for you because she says, uh, you can hear her herself. In fact, I'm not going to tell you what she says. You're going to hear it straight from her mouth because this is absolutely incredible. And what makes it incredible is that she she's fighting pharmacists to prescribe this. She can't get pharmacists to prescribe this in Texas. In fact, the, the pharmacists are actually, according to her, are saying, we're not going to write you another prescription for this until you tell us what you're writing the prescription for. In other words, in other words, you come to see your doctor, the doctor diagnoses you or you know looks at your symptoms and tries to figure out what's going on and how he or she can help you. Then this doctor says, this is what I think will help you writes the prescription, sends it to the pharmacy. The pharmacy calls her, or she calls it in, and they have this conversation. The pharmacist says, I can't do this. What do you mean you can't do this? I can't do this unless I know what you're writing this for. What do you mean what am I writing it for? I can't violate HIPAA laws. Look, there's a lot of things wrong with HIPAA laws, folks. I'm not a defender of HIPAA law, but HIPAA law is the law of the land. I'm not saying everything's bad with HIPAA, but we've lost our mind in some instances where people can't, you know, locate the hospital room of a loved one or something because of HIPAA laws where they can't, a doctor won't disclose something to them that's important um, as, you know, someone is battling, I don't know, end of life 
or a very serious ailment and they're not able to get information because of HIPAA laws and you wonder how many people how many people have, have suffered unnecessarily or potentially even died because information wasn't shared or there's some technicality. And again, I don't want to get into all that, but I am saying this. I am saying this, that it's not in it, it's a violation of the law to tell the pharmacist the condition of the person that, I mean, you're not allowed to disclose that. So now they're saying you have to, and they're saying that the rules and the laws have changed in regards to hydroxychloroquine and spe- specifically. So I'm getting close to a break here, but I want to play this before the break. Again, I want to say this again. If what she says here is true, then this battle with COVID-19 is over so long as we can produce this drug. If she's, what she says is true. This should astonish everybody because because of what we've said or what we've heard, excuse me, and the amount of resistance we've seen to this drug because I'm telling you Donald J. Trump came out and said something good about it. It is pathetic. Those who are on the other side of this, at some point this becomes – this could become criminal. If you are withholding a treatment that is effective as what she says from someone who has a disease that could potentially kill them, folks, this is horrific. This is inexcusable. This is indefensible. This is Trump derangement syndrome times infinity, right? This is immeasurable what we're dealing with here as far as as far as the um, well the, the the conscience of people that are standing in the way of this. I want you to hear this. Hear it from herself before I uh, the doctor herself before I take a break. So listen to this. But, but just back to the question really quickly, it's working in patients that you've treated that you've been able to prescribe it to, correct? Every, every patient that I've treated, serious, moderate, has had resolution of symptoms within 24 hours. They are improved within five hours. Um, the fevers are gone within two days. The lung the lung restriction, which is the most important, mm-hmm. resolves within about four to five hours. You see dramatic improvement. It's it's incredible. I, I'm surprised myself. Did you hear that? She didn't say most of them. She didn't say almost all. She said 100% of them within 24 hours show marked improvement. Their fevers are gone within two days. And yet we're out here pretending like we i don't know who even we is but there's a movement against this there's opposition against this she's having trouble getting this drug now granted it appears that there's a shortage of this drug even though i thought look i don't know what's going on you know this is not an expensive drug this is something that was already produced uh, in large quantities since again the mid-1950s what the heck is going on here, folks? I mean, it begin, you begin to see where conspiracy theories are born because I don't have a good explanation for this. I try to be fair, sometimes even to my detriment, to those on the other side of an issue. I try to be fair and understand that there are multiple perspectives on something, but I got to tell you, I'm having a hard time coming up with one this morning. I'm having a hard time coming up with an explanation as to why a prescription that costs $13, she said last night, $13 uh, prescription, somehow is being denied to patients with COVID-19, even though she's telling us 
that in her experience, and I understand trials and all this stuff, but look, the thing is, you've got a doctor who is trained in the art of getting people physically well. She has seen, she, she's not seen two of these, and both of them, you know, it's not like the likelihood of Hillary Clinton winning a coin toss in the Iowa caucus back in 2016. We're not talking about just some guess. We're talking about she has done this consistently, and she has seen market improvement in 100%, 100%. Now, I don't know if there's a socialist listening out there this morning, but that means everybody. I know numbers sometimes are complicated for those who don't understand that there are limits to things like money and that everything can't be free. Maybe that applies, that trend, you know, moves over to the world of science and, and health as well. But 100% is what she said. She's having trouble. Why? What the world is going on here? Inexcusable, folks. This has got me riled up. I was riled up last night. I'm riled up this morning. If this is true, if this is true, this is over. And whoever's opposing this needs a swift smack in the face. Metaphorically, of course. (laughs) Anyway, I had to take time out. Get back more on this. And I want to talk about this. Uh, Barstool Sports uh, rant and also uh, his interview on Tucker Carlson last night. Long in this segment. Sit tight. Be back here in just a minute. So again, if what this doctor is saying, if what she is saying is true, then again, I'm not suggesting that she's lying, and I'm also not suggesting that her findings and her claims are definitive. But for a doctor who treats COVID patients each and every day to come on a nationally televised program and tell us that she sees improvement in every single one of her patients who take the, I don't know if she's given azithromycin to, right? She didn't, she didn't say, but she mentioned hydroxychloroquine. If she's giving that to all of her patients and she says she sees improvement in everyone, then folks, look, Mayor Garcetti basically said that this, uh, you know, the city of Los Angeles is gonna, going to effectively be under lockdown until until we get a cure remember now this is we're going to now start to merge what the doctor has been saying here we're going to start to merge that with kind of the moving goalposts which leads us into the conversation um by the founder the the, the rant um from the founder of Barstool Sports um so we're going to Move that direction here in the the latter half of this this opening hour of the program, but we may continue hour number two with this. I, I am look. I don't want nothing shocks me in this in this world, but especially when it comes to politics, especially when it comes to elections. I think that I think that the um, what I want to say the the morality of some of these folks is such that they will do anything to win an election. I mean, 
there are, I'm saying virtually anything. There might be someone out there that would do literally anything. I remember when I was in D.C. circa 1999 American University in this uh, program, program, uh, exchange program. I went to Butler and it was a program where kids from different schools came, students from different schools and spent a semester. Um, it was a, a pre-law program is what it was. And so one of the things we did, we 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 looked at the entire criminal justice system and our professor did a great job of bringing in speakers. We would have defense attorneys. We had an FBI criminal profiler come in. We visited prisons. We visited, uh, I remember going to a, um, I'm drawing a blank on what it's called now, but where, um, like a boot camp really for teens or, or young people who kept breaking the law. They, they sent these kids to, to a boot camp, not official military boot camp, but something that was run virtually the same way. And I remember students being appalled by that. And I was dumbfounded back then. I thought literally across the street, you could go, you could point to the, uh, to the, to the prison. You could literally see the prison that they would be going to if it wasn't for the boot camp. They didn't like the, you know, the kids being yelled at and having, you know, to be made, you know, forced to make their beds and and be disciplined. But if they didn't, if they didn't get through that program, they went across the street, folks, to prison. These bleeding heart liberals in my class were really upset about that. I thought here's here's an opportunity for someone one last chance to get it together. Nope, too mean, too much yelling. So send them across the the street to the big house. I mean, just incredible thinking. But anyway, so that was what the program uh, was was designed to do. So I just I remember um, going you know going through this and and hearing differing um, different I guess opinions on things and. Just a lot of eye-opening, a lot of eye-opening experiences here. So I know that there's there's perspective here. Here matters, but if what we're if what she's saying and this doctor is saying is true, then we've got we've got a cure. That that's that's where this has evolved. By the way, to this it was flatten the curve as as we all know. Now they're out there saying, you know, the city of Los Angeles is effectively shut down until there's a cure. Unless they might as well put an asterisk there by Garcetti's comments, because I'm sure as a, as a, um, you know, an ideological leftist, you know, I don't want to put him in the box necessarily. I'll be careful here, but I'll put, I'll put many Democrats in the bucket that says they'll do whatever it takes to win that election. And that's where that's where I was going. I didn't finish that thought with with uh, American when I was at the at the school. We brought in an, an attorney to our class, and I remember him specifically telling our class. Someone asked him, "What would you do to win a case?" And he said, "Anything." Which, on the one hand, you can say that's commendable. The, an attorney trying to do whatever it takes to win, but that's not what he was saying. The look on his face was like anything. Wink, wink. I'll do anything. He didn't say it, but you started to wonder what was he? Is he saying he'd sleep with the judge? I mean, is he going to bribe the police? What does he mean? And I think what he was saying was, yeah, you know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, as long as it takes me, as long as it takes me to a victory is what he was saying. And so that is how people look at these issues politically. And I think that there are people in the Democrat Party, the higher ups who look at this, they they don't look at this uh, – it, it pains me to say this, and I know that there's opposition. People don't want to believe this. 
But but they look at these things first and foremost through a political lens. They don't look at this and think, oh, I just want to be careful here because this isn't everybody. And there are some people who see both the humanity, the, 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 the side of humanity and the suffering, but also are influenced by how they can capitalize on it politically. But there are others. I know that there are others out there that are heartless strategists who simply see every single thing that we're facing as a political opportunity. 36.5 million unemployed, political opportunity. People suffering with COVID, political opportunity. Now, I don't know what the percentages are. I don't want to speculate. But there are some that view it only through the lens of strategy, only through the, the lens of messaging, only through the lens of politics, whatever it takes. Never let a crisis go to waste. That's what we're talking about. Others see both sides of it and say... You know, I'm, my, I'm heartfelt. I want a solution for this. But, man, we are getting some benefits here from, from the economy struggling or, I mean, take your pick. And that's bad enough. And then there's other. I mean, there's some. There's still some out there that aren't completely blinded by ideology. Now, in, in average, everyday life, that's most people you're going to deal with. That's most people you're going to deal with. They look past this and they say, we just want this to end. We want the economy to be open. We want people to be safe again. That's in everyday life. But in the political world, it's not that cut and dry. These people, uh, these people sometimes, again, I don't want to cast numbers, but there is a segment of the people in politics that look at all these crises as political opportunities, pure and simple. And that is disgusting. It's even disgusting to to be pulled to how this can help you politically as you're navigating a crisis. That's bad enough. For, but for some people, they just totally disregard any of the humanity side of this. Of course, they're probably the ones most often that tell us how much they care for. Uh, they care for those who are suffering and are going through difficulties and so forth. Again, it's pay attention to what they say, not what they do. That's what they want you to, to do. And that's, that's the appeal of, of liberalism. It's the appeal of socialism. Again, I go back to the, the old stories, and I've got to take a break. I'm long here. Oz is probably about to lose her mind with me. But I go back to the stories of, of the Russians, the Soviets, back during the reign of Joseph Stalin in the gulags, put there by Stalin himself. Yet as they were suffering in the gulags, they were singing the praises of Stalin. They were unable to to cut through the ruse and see that just because the guy said something, talked about utopia, they couldn't reconcile that he was the cause of their of their harm because he only talked about things about, you know, that are good for the people and caring for the poor and helping the lower class to be elevated and providing all the the needs and necessities and basics of life. How could someone like that be so terrible as to be responsible for their plight by throwing them in the gulags. But yet, my friend, that is exactly what happened. And they were unable to see the person who put them there for who he was because they were blinded by the rhetoric. And that's terrifying stuff. Terrifying. Terrifying indeed. Also terrifying that I've got to take a break. So when we, uh, we're going to take a break. When we get back, I'm going to shift gears and I'm going to talk about this rant with um, the founder of Barstool Sports when we get back. So sit tight. Be back in just a minute.
Folks, I want to tell you about one of our newest advertising partners, sponsors, Avon Insurance Associates. You may have heard them advertised on this program before, AIA, AIA4, the number four, lowrates.com, AIA4, the number four, lowrates.com. They've been partnered with this uh, program now for for a few months. I know the the owner, actually I got to know the owner through a Christian uh, business leaders group that he and I were, were both a part of. His name's Rick, Rick Bowman. He is a, just a really, really good man. Like the type of guy, look, I know that you know there's lots of choices for certain um, you know certain things even with insurance there's, there's lots of insurance providers out there but what you one of the things you're looking for is of course someone who understands what you need and can can provide the coverage that's the right coverage not too much and not of course too little as well and part of that is not just knowing it but but someone who is honest enough to to tell you and that's that's what I like most about Rick is his I mean you're talking about a really good man and he's the type of guy if given the choice to present to you two packages and one of them is more expensive than the than the other but he really thinks the less expensive one is the right package he's going to tell you that and so really think a lot of Rick if you're in the market for insurance whether it's business whether it's personal, auto, home, any of that sort of stuff, reach out to our friends at Avon Insurance Associates. Their phone number, 317-718-1747, or you can go to their website, AIA4LowRates.com. That's the number four, AIA4LowRates.com. So I want to transition now to pausing here to think if I want to do that. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. You're going to have to hang in there one more one more segment because I'm up against uh, the time here. But I want to say this. What this, the founder of Barstool Sports, and I keep saying the founder because I know his, his last name's Portnoy. Um, I'm trying to, to pull up the, here we go. Dave Portnoy. Dave Portnoy. He was interviewed last night on Tucker Carlson. I caught I caught it. This guy is spot on exactly right. And what he says, I want to play a portion of what he said in the interview. I'm going to post the the rant. And again, I need to tell you that uh, be aware of the expletives. He is very free with the language. <laughs> so, but that doesn't change the truth of what he's saying. Just I'll post that to Facebook here in uh in a few minutes, hopefully this uh, over this next time out here, so you can check that out. But it's worth watching. The guy is exactly right. His summary is right. And when you, we've been talking about this doctor that Laura Ingram was interviewing, um, talking about the difficulties of getting hydroxychloroquine, even though she says 100% of her patients respond positively, you know, stop seeing symptoms within 24 hours and lose their fevers within two days. And that's incredible stuff. And she can't get the drug. She can't get the drug. She's got people coming to her from hundreds of miles away, can't get the drug. She's found a way. I mean, she's continuing to find a way, but she's not able to go to her normal pharmacist because of because of some rules and some changes and the way that people are looking at treating uh, using hydroxychloroquine off-label. That's the term to mean you know, it wasn't approved by the FDA for the treatment of uh, COVID-19. Of course, there was no COVID-19 
back when the drug was approved, back in 1955. They want to act like this is some dangerous new drug that if you look at it, you're going to die. If you read the name of it out loud, you're going to get cursed. That's how they want. I mean, it's incredible the way that they treat this drug because Trump's out there touting it. So she talked about that. And there's there's crossover here because we've lost our minds. We've lost our minds in how we've you know allowed doctors to do what they think they need to do to treat their patients. And we've lost our minds when it comes to what we allow our government to do to save us from ourselves and to move the goalposts, as he talks about, as to what we're trying to accomplish here. So I want to play a bit of that interview. I want to talk about that. He's spot on right. I can't wait to talk about that as well, but I've got to take a break. So sit tight. Be back in just a minute. So I didn't have time to, I will, I'll post that tweet so you can see this rant if you haven't seen it. Get the bleep button ready, but it's still, it's spot on, it's it's accurate. I'm watching it and it's actually even better to watch, mute it as I'm watching him, uh, his gestures and his facial expressions. He's, it kind of summarizes how I feel about all this when I, when I look at his, his facial expressions. But I want to, I want to play this, he, he's talking with Tucker Carlson last night, and this is uh, this is what he how he describes the rant. This is uh, kind of, I guess, the reasoning and the thought process that went into this rant. So I want you to hear this. This is again Dave Portnoy. He is the uh, with Barstool founder of Barstool Sports, explaining. We're kind of going through how the the goalposts have have been moved here in our in our fight against coronavirus. So here it is. Yeah. Exactly. But if you gave me the choice, it took me 10 years, a decade of working almost 24 hour days, no exaggeration, to turn the corner and become successful. If Corona hit at that moment, I would have been out of business and everything that I worked for 10 years gone, flushed down the toilet at the very least. And Barcelona's is going to make it. So thank God um, we're in a good shape. But a lot of people aren't. And at the very least, they should have the option. There's risk. Fine. I don't know what to believe. There's so many, you know, you hit different things. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Um, yeah. And I think most doctors, Fauci will be even like, this is a new disease. We don't know. We don't know what we're dealing with. Fine. Uh, give me the choice then. Let me go outside and risk potentially getting sick. Or do I want to ruin my business? Because if it was me, I would rather die from Corona than have to start over, work a nine to five, fight. How are you going to get a job? How are you going to put money on your family's table? When the economy is going to be gone. So that was really the rant. It's at the very least, I feel bad for people who aren't given the choice. What's worse, losing my business, my livelihood, or the chance of getting this disease, which we honestly know so little about, I feel like. We're no closer. That's what That's what I think the problem is. So that's his explanation of where the rant came from. And again, the rant, I can't play this rant. It's uh, uh, it's it's about three, uh, it's three and a half minutes or so. But again, I'll post it here on Facebook in a bit. I, it, it is, it's exactly right. And what he says is true too. And I, I want to point this out. For those are who are not 
entrepreneurs, which is, look, a, a big chunk of America, right? I mean, most people, um, and, and people people have maybe side businesses or whatever, but, and I'm not minimizing this this at all, but, but a lot of people are, you know, employees. And I've got a good friend who's told me, um, he said, I don't know, you know, how you do it, being an entrepreneur. You know, he likes the certainty and all that. And we're all wired differently. We all just have different abilities and skills and interests and tolerance for risks and all this sort of thing. And But I likewise couldn't do what he did, what he does each and every day. He's, he's phenomenal at it. But many people, this is to the point here, and I've got to take a break as we're getting up against the end of the uh, the end of the hour here. But I don't think a lot of people understand what it takes to launch, like Barstool Sports. I don't understand what it takes specifically to launch Barstool Sports, but I do know what it takes. I've launched a couple of businesses, and then to launch something like this. I mean, we're self-syndicated. We started in our bedroom closet, right? This is this is a difficult process. As he said, it took him 10 years, and I think he said it in the rant, 10 years, maybe he said it on this clip I just played. 10 years where he worked virtually 24 hours a day. He said, look, if COVID hit during that time, during that time when I was investing every bit of my heart, soul, energy, everything into building Barstool Sports, it would not have made it. That's what he said. So now you're you're forcing, and this is just one segment, entrepreneurs. You got everyone else because if entrepreneurs fail, then jobs, future jobs disappear. Or small businesses who may be at the end of that process those jobs vanish. This begins This begins to trickle down into effect every single person at some point. And he's saying, look, we can't keep moving the goalposts to where now they're out there saying a cure. Garcetti says we're not reopening Los Angeles until there's a cure. What happened to flattening the curve? This guy says, Mr. Portnoy, uh, Dave Portnoy says, look, give me the chance between taking the risk with coronavirus or destroying my business. I'm going to be fighting for my business put every bit of my heart and soul into this. Anyway, spot on, spot on stuff, good stuff. But I'm just out of time here this segment. Got to take a break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Waning moments of hour number one, but fear not, fear not, we're continuing. We'll be on YouTube here, hour number two today. You can also um, listen if you are a Total Access subscriber, ToddHuffShow.com slash Total Access for more information about that. But um, we're going to continue. I want to talk off the top. I think I want to say some more things about Dave Portnoy's rant from Barstool Sports. I think uh, more people need to be outrage like this and it's beginning i mean you're beginning to see this I, I think depending on where you live in the country or depending upon your viewpoint of you know where money comes from and whether or not we can just get freebies from our governments forever or whatever but anyway um join us youtube here hour number two thank you so much for listening sdg see you soon